Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today on this Sunday afternoon. And my guest today is Ruth Miller. Welcome, Ruth. Thank you very much, Malcolm. Ruth and I are sitting here with Kevin Farrell, our producer. I've checked out his socks, and they're multicolored. He's got striped ones on today. He he always wears (laughs) interesting shoes and socks, Ruth. Oh, that's great. Ruth's dressed in all purple, and, and I'm sort of in a pink. Pink sweater for so those we're of colorful you. today. <laughs> People trying to envision <laughs> what we look like. So, Ruth, uh, this uh, show is one um, uh, of the shows that where we feature the recipients of the Governor's Arts Awards, and uh, you were selected for the 2019 Excellence in the Visual Arts for the Governor's Arts Awards. And so, first of all, I want to say congratulations. Oh, thank you very much, Malcolm. I'm so pleased. You know, it's such a thrill. Oh, I haven't come down yet. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to call you on the phone and tell you about it. It's probably my favorite thing uh, that I do in my job is to call people and tell them that they've been selected for the Governor's Award. And I had no idea there was such a thing, so it was even better. Well, that makes it, yeah, that makes it even better. (laughs) I bet you didn't even know there was such a thing as the Mississippi Arts Hour either. No, no, I, 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 I... no, I have to plead ignorance. So, so, so now you you know yes. about both the award and the radio show, and yes. you'll participate today in the radio show. And on February the seventh, uh, at the Old Capitol Museum, you will be honored along with uh, the remainder of the 2019 class uh, to receive to receive your award. And we look forward to that as well. Can I ask you what what started Mississippi on this road to honoring the artists and you know of all genres? Sure. Well, uh, actually, when Ray Mabus was governor, uh, his administration thought it would be a good idea to to have these awards, and and he had the inaugural awards. Uh, he did it one year, and then they didn't do it the next year. I think that was in in eighty seven or. It's been twenty something years, and mm-hmm. and then when there was one year where it didn't happen, and then they picked right back up, and it's happened every year since. And it, uh, other states do it, uh, and the and the the NEA does it, the National Endowment for the Arts does it, and okay. I think it was just one of those things that states saw where they could mimic, uh, sort of the national awards and honor their own in their states. So we've been mm-hmm. doing it about twenty five or so years. And uh, but it was begun back in uh, when Ray Mabus was the governor. I don't know if uh, you. No, I'm not familiar with him at all. But we've been at it a while, and uh, we usually choose five or six recipients. We typically the nominations come from the public. Uh, we don't solicit nominations. Nominations come in uh, from from different uh, people. Your nomination came from the Mississippi Museum of Art. I don't oh, even know if you knew that. Wonderful. But they nominated you. And then yeah. there is a panel. We we gather a group of experts uh, in the arts. Sometimes they're past recipients. Sometimes they're uh, uh, directors of museums. Sometimes they're artists themselves. And, and they look over all the nominations and choose, uh, like I said, either four or five, sometimes six 
I am honored because there are so many fine artists. Indeed there are. But we're happy for you. And, and again, congratulations on receiving that award. And thank you for driving in today to to be on MPB. You're welcome. Now, you grew up uh, in Mississippi, but you went away early. Is that, do I have that right? Nope. Okay. Actually, I was born right in Manhattan in, okay. in New York City, and I've lived in all five, well, all the boroughs except Staten Island. But my mother was from Meridian. Right. So I I got to know Mississippi coming back, oh, maybe up to age six or so in the summers. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother would bring us, you know, introduce us to the family. So. But but you did, you never lived here until much later. Right, until so you, the 1970s. Okay, so you grew up in New York. Yes. And you, you went to, to an arts-based school, right? Yes, I attended the uh, High School of Music and Art first and then Cooper Union for a while. And uh, so at what age did you come back? To, to, or did you not come back, but did you come to Mississippi? Uh, well, my mother died mm-hmm. uh, in the 1970s, and uh, she left a little money, and I bought a house then. In so Mississippi? I can't, yes, and I live in that house now. Now, what was your thinking? Yeah. You're in New York City. You're, you're an artist. Are you a professional artist by this time? Nope. You had not yet. No, chosen that was this. that was way down the road. Way down the road. Where I was an artist. Uh huh. Since I was a little kid, I was an artist. Right. Um. And and I thank my mother for supporting that. Through you know from ooh before I can remember, we always had art supplies and went places and did things that were art related. She was very big on culture in general. Mm-hmm. But um. It happened that I have a cousin across the street now, and he lived there then. And uh, at one point, about six, maybe seven houses in the area went up for auction. And at least five of us in the family bought houses at the same time. So I, this was going to be a family compound. And it didn't work out that way, but uh, <laughs> that was the intent. And this was in the seventies. Yes. So, so you're living in New York. Yes. You're, are you, what is your work? Are you working as an artist or uh, doing various things? No, I was in an extended adolescence and uh, <laughs> just enjoying the city. Just, uh, just having a big time. Mm-hmm. And then your mother passed. Yes. And and you thought what? I need to do something different. I might want to reconnect to family. Where's my family? Is that was that the thinking? Well, I had, no, uh, to be honest, <laughs> the thinking was, how am I going to pay the rent? Uh-huh. And <laughs> <laughs> That's good logical thinking. <laughs> but um, I had always loved being with the family. When we came up, I felt that here was a place that I could be at home, that that my soul could be at rest. I was always a shy kid. So... Here was a place I thought that I would not feel shy. In Mississippi? Yes. Where the family yes. is. But but the family was in Meridian, right? Yes, but but some of them bought houses. Some of the Meridian family yes. bought houses over. Uh, and, and you're in uh, 
One, two, three, P- the four. The Picayune area. Four people from Meridian Board houses, right on my street and the next street. So okay. it would have been, you know, a real family compound, except that my grandmother, who had been widowed, uh, just never could warm up to the place. Oh. So but they all left. You're the only remaining. <laughs> no, the same original cousin who lived across the street is still there. So, so, so two. Yes. Two, two members <laughs> of the family are still in the compound. Yes. Now, you're in Pearl River County? No, I'm no. in Hancock County. Hancock County. Yeah, but my mail comes from Pearl River County. <laughs> and I love yeah. it. In all the interviews that I've read about you, they describe the place that you live is an unincorporated village in along the somewhere along the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Yes. And since I grew up in a similar place, I kept scratching my head thinking cuz I always be? thought of you as being from Picayune, but you're actually from Catahoula. Yes. Which is yes. the unincorporated community. Yes. <laughs> and um Frankly, it was a big shock to move to Catahoula from New York. I can only imagine. (laughs) (laughs) New York City to Catahoula, (laughs) Mississippi. (laughs) Yes, and I said, oh, my goodness, what have I done? Uh, But, (laughs) um, well, okay. Back then, back in the 70s, I stayed for about five years. Mm Mm-hmm. And I never could understand the social dynamics. So this time when I came back, I came with the intent of making art uh, because the house is paid for. So I wouldn't have to have outside employment uh, that would take time away from the art. But you left somewhere in between there. Yes. uh I left in 79 or so. Yeah. So went back to New York. And lived there that you know thirty more years. Back in the city. Mm-hmm. Did, is that where you came face to face with embroidery? Or was this later? No, it was embroidery was earlier. Earlier. Uh, I was probably in elementary school mm-hmm. when I started to embroider. Gotcha. My aunt Mildred also from Meridian, embroidered and uh, crocheted. My mother sewed and knitted, but you know. All of us together would do needlework. So that was my introduction. So I'm going to encourage our listeners uh, who have a computer to, to go to your website while we're talking to, oh, to familiarize themselves with your, your work. It's at www.ruthmillerembroidery.com. Yes, And thank they can you. view your images while we're talking. And, and, and spell it for them because a lot okay. of people get tripped up on that. R-U-T-H-M-I-L-L-E-R-E-M-B-R-O-I-D-E-R-Y. Yes. Dot com. Dot com. Thank so now you. You, can, uh, you can look at this amazing uh, embroidery work while, while we visit. So, so you, the, after you left and went back to New York and you, you, you decided to come back, and that was when you were intent to do what you're doing now. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Um, I want to say when I was in Cooper Union, I was still a teenager. You know, I had graduated from high school, but I was still a teenager. And I think I was about as skillful with both embroidery and drawing as I am now, although neither was as elaborate, but the skill was there. Um, 
But I, I was much too shy. I, I didn't think I could have this conversation with you mm-hmm. and all the other people I'd have to talk to in order to have an art career. Right. So uh, I had several different jobs, and eventually I worked for the uh, U.S. Postal Service. And if that doesn't toughen you up, nothing <laughs> will. How long did you do that? About five years. Five is is when I start to, okay, enough of that. You're a five-year cycle yes. person. <laughs> you, you can do it for five. But you've, been, but you've been doing what you do now for longer than five years. Yes, yes. <laughs> Actually, I, I was doing it when I came down the first time. You were? Yes. Uh, but it was just for me. Right. It was for fun. And when is the first time you, you, you showed any of your work to the public outside of, say, maybe family? Oh, after I um, left the post office, I had a show with one piece in my apartment, and I invited all my friends who I figured would give me a, a, a taste of what the public thought. So it, it was a, a one-time, one-person gallery show. One piece of art, in one my, artist in, in your, my apartment. In your apartment. And yes. what what year would you say this was? Oh, Just gosh. generally. 2003. 2003. And you're in New York again. You, yeah. You've come to Mississippi, gone back to New York, and you think you finally have something you want to show. Yeah. I um, <clears throat> I found the, 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 the post office so challenging that I said, after a while it occurred to me, well, if you can do this... How could art be any more frightening than this? Because, you know, as a shy person, you're in the—I was a carrier. So I was out in the street. I was lifting heavy bags. I was in the weather. You're in and out. It was 10 hours a day, six days, sometimes seven days a week. That'll do it. Mm. So I said, well, I'm going to try this embroidery because I love it. It's something I can do alone. Right. And um, I'm not going to tell anybody. It's going to be so, your secret. you know, if it doesn't turn out well, we'll just do something else. You know, but, uh, yeah, that was the beginning. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. I'm in the studio with Ruth Miller. Welcome back, Ruth. Thank you. Thank you. The little tune we listened to was a tune entitled Beware by Ann Peebles, and it comes from a compilation uh, put out by the Oxford American. Every year they put out a a two-CD or one-CD set uh, featuring different states. This one happens to be from the state of Tennessee, but uh, I just like this uh, tune uh, by Ann Peebles, and I got to present her one time. I got to work with her one time. She's quite an amazing artist. But we're back with Ruth Miller, and before we took a break, Ruth was telling us about her first show that she did in her studio, her apartment in New York City, do you remember the address where you were in New York? Uh, You're a mail carrier now. You ought to have these addresses <laughs> down. <laughs> it's only by the grace of God I became a mail carrier because my memory is not all that. But uh, it was on 147th between 7th and 8th. That's where the apartment was. Yes. So you decided, In Harlem. In Harlem. Yes. And you decided you were going to have an art show just to see what your friends thought about the, the feasibility of you being a professional artist. Is that right? Is yes. Is that a fair take? Yes. Um, so you invited these folks. Yes. And, uh, well, they were all 
shocked, surprised, because um, I hadn't given any, anybody a clue. Uh, prior to that, my public face as an artist was more as a, a craftsman. I made earrings. Mm -hmm. I made beaded earrings uh, like I'm wearing now. And I sold them at African dance classes. Oh. So um, I knew a lot of people superficially because of that. Right. So they had no idea that uh, I was doing this more complicated narrative work. Mm -hmm. And really, I had felt that the, the beads didn't offer enough opportunity to get into narrative. Narrative is important in my work. Um, I want all the pieces to say something besides just being beautiful or accurate in representing uh, a person. So was it a portrait or was it just... Uh... Actually, it was a self-portrait. I was too shy to ask uh -huh. anyone to pose. <laughs> and, you know, I, I didn't want to sound pompous and would you pose for me you know so i said well i know one person <laughs> who's available <laughs> yes and she works cheap yeah so it was a self-portrait <laughs> yes it was did you know then that you, you wanted to do portraits or was this just no i always liked people people were despite my reticence, people were always interesting. I always wanted to know why they do what they do, how they feel about life, how life affects them. And I think um, portraits give me a chance to to not only investigate that, but they're, they're easy for other people to latch on to the narrative with. We're all familiar with people. Sure. Right. So, so it's direct. So after this show, you, you got a nice positive response, and you, you yes. thought, well, maybe I'll do some more of this. Is that right? Yes. Now, that was actually my biggest. Since no one knew it was coming, I took my time and and made it as big as possible. I didn't rush. I let the, the whole process unfold. Because as you work on, on pieces that take, such a long time, and in this case, it took a little over a year and a half wow. to make that piece. <laughs> so, you know, I had plenty of time to think and, and change, you know, tweak the design and the coloring. So, um, I don't know. It, it just, people are always there to fascinate me. So, that I mean... That just seemed a natural right. way to, you know, way to proceed. The the trick would have been then to how figure out how to get them to pose. So from there, did you, you know, finally build up the courage to ask someone to pose for you, or did you go well, work from photographs or just memory? I always work from photographs because no one can stand still long enough to be drawn, let alone stitched. That's you a know, year and a half through. worth of standing, Ruth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I always work uh, from photographs. And initially, like many people do, I thought, well, I could work from existing photographs, maybe from magazines or what have you. But then the, uh, the artist runs into not only copyright issues, but just the, uh, oh, I've seen that before right. kind of issue where you, your work is really redundant as soon as it gets started. So, um, you know, I have to photograph uh, the subject, 
I'm not a good photographer, but, you know, if I take 100, you know, I might get five. Do you use your phone you or know. do you use a camera? No, I use the camera mm-hmm. always. Um, 35 millimeter? I've had two two photography classes. They rolled right off me, <laughs> you know. But I can I can point and shoot. Do you, do you use a 35 millimeter? Yes. And it's a... Uh, uh, Canon. Canon. Uh, uh, digital now. Right? Yes, now digital. Did you start with digital or did no, you No, I start. I, no. It, oh, gosh. Um, no, I, I started with the regular 35 millimeter mm-hmm. film camera, and which is what I learned in at Cooper Union. I used the Canon in Cooper Union. And uh, at that time... Museums, galleries, and stuff wanted images of your work on slides. Right. So it, they would have to be transposed into slides or shot as slides. And when I finally got that and, you know, that expense, then everybody switched to digital. <laughs> you know, so they another learning again. curve. Um, I'm visiting with Ruth Miller. Ruth is um, one of the recipients of the 2019 Governor's uh, Arts Awards, and she resides down in uh, Hancock County in the village of uh, Catahoula, which I know Catahoula Creek really well, but she and I aren't quite sure if we agree on where the creek is. But there is a a Catahoula Creek down there, which I've been in a few times. Uh, so you had the one one person one piece of art show that took about a year and a half to to create. Then then where did how did you launch from there? Your career. I mean, what happened next? Well, as luck would have it, um, new people were moving into Harlem, and uh, the neighborhood was changing. And one of the new residents and artists named Ruben Sinha thought that we ought to have. Uh, uh, Harlem-wide gallery hop, and it was called Harlem Open Artist Studio Tour. Oh, okay. And, you know, I got my nerve together and said, you know, who is this guy? Is he going to keep my $35? <laughs> you know, but uh, it turned out really well, and uh, it got me used to presenting my work to just any stranger who would come through the door. Right. But it was still in my apartment because that's where my studio was. And, and but by I had this more time, pieces. when you had the studio tour, how many pieces did you have up? Four or five, but okay. I had drawings also. Okay. Yeah, I, I really think I am a draftsman. Uh, drawing is my major interest. I never warmed up to paint. Uh, you I said didn't it was like too the, messy. Yeah, I didn't like the <laughs> texture of it. Um, and nor all the cleaning fluids and stuff. But that that was before I had children, which, mm-hmm. you know, will change everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Uh, embroidery was so familiar. You know, every time I sit down, it brings back to me the time I spent mostly with my aunt embroidering and and she was always so patient and and loving and warm so that that feeling rises up immediately whenever i sit down mm. you know i'm at home so you were at home with embroidering you were also 
Strangely, I think, at home with coming to Mississippi, which seems kind of odd to to me. Well, If you grew up in Harlem, you must have heard all sorts of horrible things about Mississippi and much of it true. Well, I didn't grow up in Harlem. I didn't live in Harlem until after I had come to Mississippi and going back to New York. Oh, okay. And even then, (laughs) it took a while. I went, you know... My sister had a, a, a loft on the Bowery, and I went there first and uh, went to Washington Heights. I went down to uh, the Lower East Side, and then I got an apartment in Harlem. Okay. But what, so, what so, neighborhood did you grow up in in New York when you were a kid? It was in the South Bronx, mm-hmm. and then we moved to the Red Hook area of Brooklyn, which... Uh, didn't have the same cachet that it has now. Now it's full of artists. Right. <laughs> but not then. But it, it was still wonderful for us because we were right near the library, which I have always loved the libraries. How far from Prospect Park, which is a neat place? Oh, way beyond where a young child could Couldn't get walk. to that. No. No, no. But the library. Brooklyn is big. Yeah. Brooklyn's bigger than Manhattan. Mm. It just doesn't have as many people. Right. Yeah. So you're back and forth <clears throat> later on. Uh, you go back to to Harlem, and it sounds like you begin to really engage in the art scene at that point. Is that? Uh, yes. And and then you pretty much know, I'm yes. guessing, that this is what you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, no. No? Art was always what I was going to do. Right. So it took, oh, I was in Harlem, I don't know, five Maybe eight years before I even got in the post office. The po- the post office really was the catalyst. Right. It's like, you know, if I could do this, you know, why can't I do the art? So I went to figure out how. And I did interesting. Um, some of the people at, uh, at Penland School of Crafts got a kick out of the fact that uh, I made my own residency during that time. Uh, I have a sister who has a, a modern dance company, and she travels with it often. And, and what's the name of the company? Oh, B.B. Miller Company. Oh, okay. Yeah. She travels the country? The country, the world. All over. Uh, she just got back from Amsterdam uh, just last week. Um, but she would often be away for months at a time. So to get away from my friends, my children, who by now have grown up and graduated from high school, uh, I went to stay at her house two years in a row. And actually, that was my residency, just being away where no one could find me. And that was my intent in coming to Mississippi. Now, I did contact the uh, Mississippi Arts Commission. I found out, I said, oh, something must be going on in Mississippi. So I looked online and I, I found your, your website. Uh, but the, the intent was to be isolated mm-hmm. and, and really focused. I'm not naturally focused. It requires a lot of focus <laughs> to uh, not only do work with that medium, but to... I don't know to not to not talk to people, to not uh, see what's going on in the neighborhood, to not watch a movie, to not watch television. Because I don't want I don't have television service. 
I'm sorry to say I don't listen to the radio. Uh, and you watched The Chef Life because we were just talking about it. Yes. Um, later on, somebody gave me an antenna. <laughs> so I was able to pick it up. Um, I didn't watch it too much, but I really did enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, among many of the other programs, mostly I watch PBS if I get a chance to watch PBS. There's an endorsement. Television. There's an endorsement. Yes. All right. My guest today is Ruth Miller. She is a visual artist. She is an embroidery uh, master, is what I would say that she is. Thank you very much. She is the 2019th recipient of the Governor's Awards for Excellence in the Arts in Mississippi for Visual Arts, and she will be honored on February 7th at the Old Capitol Museum along with the rest of the class of 2019. Welcome back to the Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. I'm also the executive director of the Mississippi Arts Commission in the studio today with Ruth Miller. Welcome back, Ruth. Thank you. And Ruth is uh, a visual artist, primarily uh, embroidery is her medium, though we're going to get her to talk about process in this last segment. Uh, I would invite our listeners to, uh, if you're interested, to go to her website while we talk and look at her incredible uh, artwork. It's at www.ruthmillerembroidery.com. That's www.ruthmillerembroidery.com. Is that right, yes, Ruth? Yes, thank you. Thank you. So you can look uh, while we uh, visit. So let's talk a little bit about your process. I know it is very detailed, very intricate, and it takes a while to create a piece. Yes, yes. <laughs> and um, there's there's also more information about my process on the website uh, for those who don't catch all of this show. But uh, most times I start with an idea. And then I look to try to find, uh, you know, say I have a, a not just a pose I'd like someone to be in, but there's an issue that comes up. And I think maybe a certain pose would illustrate the issue. Hmm. So I'll look for a model, a model who can really exemplify this. You know, the, the right body type, uh, body language. And I'll I'll take a bunch of photographs and hope for a good one. And sometimes I get one I hadn't hoped for that turns out to be even better than my idea. But from the photographic image, I make line drawings, which is just, just a single line without any cross-hatching, no shading initially. And, and I try to capture uh, the person's figure and with... I don't know, as simply as possible. I'll Xerox that simple line drawing and use it to create shaded drawings with just a pencil still. Then I'll use colored pencils on other copies to check dif different variations on, on how I might like the coloring arranged. Mm. I don't often change the uh, clothing, but sometimes I do, the clothing people are wearing. But I might change the, uh, say, the scene in which the, the body is placed. Um, uh, there's a, a piece of mine called Teacup Fishing. I love that one. Uh, thank you. Thanks, I was hoping Malcolm. you would talk about that. That's just wow. so intriguing. Thank you. 
that well that that was that was life talking to me uh and life sent me i was sitting down working on the floor i usually work on sitting seated on the floor and uh, here i was stitching away and and i got this image of a person uh, a woman fishing in a teacup so i made a little stick figure drawing because that's all i could do quickly I don't do anything quickly. Um, <laughs> anyway, I um, I used my sister as a model. I used BB as a model, and uh, I went to her house in Ohio, and uh, she posed for me. She has a, a stairwell to the second floor where there's a landing. She posed on that landing, so I'm shooting down at her. That's why the figure in the boat is is seen from sort of above. Right. So I'm shoot, shooting down into the uh, stairwell. But now that couldn't be the most possible interesting portrait. But uh, I, since I knew it was about fishing, I thought that, you know, there'd be water or a lake or something outside the window because she was by a window. And eventually I said, no, you know, it'd be better if she if the figure was outside altogether. And uh, so on the rocks by the lake and didn't know. What about on the boat? <laughs> you know, because by then I had done about a third of it. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I, I had to take some out. I always have to take some of the uh, stitching out okay. on every single piece. Um, there's something called value, which is the amount of lightness and darkness a color might have. And usually, as I'm starting out, the drawing is on white paper, and the fabric is not white. Okay. So to find the, the right value that will read properly later on, I have to sort of experiment and see what one color looks like next to another. Okay, that makes sense. Because uh, it's, it's, nothing has an absolute value. It's all, always in comparison to something else. It's light but darker than this and lighter than that, you know. So anyway, uh, that piece was saying that I was not taking much advantage of oil. You see, I haven't been to the Catahoula Creek, you know. <laughs> so I think life was saying I'm being much too narrow in my approach to prosperity as well as, you know, just all the experiences of life and that's a form of prosperity, not just money, but mm -hmm. how, how much life can you let in in your lifetime? So that's what that piece is about. Um, the foolishness of, of living in such a narrow way. And, I, you know, I'm lucky that I got the call, um, but I, I want others to, to think about that in their own lives. If we only pass this way once, why not do it up big? Right. You know. That's that's Yeah. Now in the in the teacup painting, the girl, is she reading a book? Yes. She's reading a book and and it looks like she's just sort of gotten distracted by the book and instead of dropping the line overboard, it's sort of fallen into her teacup which is inside the boat. Now, is that any significance in that, or is that just coincidental? Uh, yes. I think the um, the main idea was fishing in the in the teacup, you know, entirely. That that's that's the crux of the the whole idea. But not only am I 
fishing in such a small area, I'm distracted besides. Right. <laughs> so the book represents distraction. Uh-huh. Right. I was always a big reader. But so for me, reading was a distraction. So not even paying attention to the, to that little bit of fishing I was doing. So that's the significance of, of that. Right. And where is that piece today? It's in New York. I, I have a, a, a small gallery just outside of New York City, the Mackie Twins Art Company, that is representing me there. And uh, they, I send work. Sometimes I'll embroider a piece. I'll take it off the framing and just ship the folded-up fabric to them, and they'll reframe and hopefully sell it. Now, they happen to have walked in on one of those uh, open studio tours. Okay. back in the day. Yes, and <laughs> asked if I had representation. And uh, they volunteered, and I took them up on it. And uh, it, it's really been a great association. So where where are some places that your work lives permanently? Well, it seems to not have a permanent home. It, yeah. It's 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 been at the Mississippi Museum of Art. It's been at the Oro Keefe. So it's back back and forth. Actually, the Oro the show at the Oro Keefe was a, a one woman show. I had come to Mississippi because someone offered me a one-woman show and told me I needed to have about 10 pieces. Okay. So I wanted to know where can I set aside 10 years to do those 10 pieces. (laughs) So uh, as it happened, I ended up having my first uh, solo show here in Mississippi at the Oro Keefe Museum of Art. Which isn't that far from Catahoula. No, it isn't. <laughs> so what are you working on now? Oh, I um, I was left my, my Aunt Mildred's photo album. And in it are pictures of her aunts and uncles. So we're thinking just past the turn of the century. And I would like to end there almost all in Mississippi. And I would like to do something with those, mm-hmm. you know, make some portraits of my ancestors. Wow. And uh, I think they can speak to modern times. You know, people think that times are confusing and difficult now, but they were certainly difficult then. Sure. Think if we think 1910, 1915, 20 maybe, mm-hmm. very hard for everybody. Right. Yeah. So so you say that sure. some of the work travels around in, in Mississippi just w- for shows or? or... Uh, yes, when, when there's a show. Mm-hmm. I, um, it also goes back to New York. I worked with another gallery in, in Brooklyn, uh, Site Brooklyn mm-hmm. is Site the name Brooklyn. of it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, other other people in other states find me online through the website or just Googling embroidery through Pinterest. I finally got up my nerve to get on social media, and I, I, I made a Pinterest page only to find that my art was already there. Oh, really? So people Someone else find, had posted it. Yes. Every single piece I had. Really? <laughs> was it someone you knew? No. <laughs> just so, admirers? Yes. And um, 
recently I've I've had uh, interviews in online publications. One of which is in Italy. Someone in in uh, London also did an article on me. So the word is getting out, and. Uh, Actually, I I had tried not to sell. I'm one of the few people who was trying not to sell art because when I went to a, a frame store in New York, before I moved down, uh, the framer said, you know, you, you ought not to try and sell these until you get a big enough name for yourself uh. so that you could get uh, uh, prices. Sure commensurate with the type and amount of work that you're doing here. So you really need to hold on to all the work until, you know, people contact you and find you. And is that happening now? Uh, yes, even even uh, <laughs> the Oro Keith had to search hard to find uh-huh. me. Because um, I I really thought I was uh, really hiding in the You've woods here. You've hidden yourself here. pretty well. <laughs> but, but we're finding but, out about but, you. But people are finding out. <laughs> Thank goodness. Do you know yeah. how many pieces there are? Do you, I, have you I, I, an Well, they have. And, and actually, I've sold two since I've been here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, then I have to still, I was still looking for that ten. But there are about You're still 10. looking for the 10 for the show. Yes. Yes. Okay. But I mean, and yet. now the person has said, well, you know, since then I've seen shows that had only a single piece. <laughs> you And you said my so, first show yes. only had a single piece. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, you know, so that, but that coming from, uh, actually, she, she's a friend now, a collector, the, uh, the actress CCH Pounder. Mm, she yeah. she has two of my pieces. So really? she really wanted to introduce me. And how many pieces are there out there of Ruth Miller's? Oh, would you guess? They they're twelve, maybe. Only 14. twelve. Uh-huh. Now considering that I quit the post office in two thousand and uh it took until 2003 before I actually got that first piece right. and then take off two years when I moved to Mississippi again where I had to renovate the house and it was too dusty to work. Mm. So I'm kind of actually a little bit ahead of the curve. Good. <laughs> well, Ruth, thank you so much for, for coming up out of the country to visit with us. You're and, quite uh, welcome. Again, Malcolm. congratulations so on, on the Governor's me. Awards and all of your thank work. You. It's magnificent and really uh, important uh, work. And, and we're so proud that you chose thank Mississippi. You for that. Thank and you. that your your aunt was here, and you ended up here. So yes, and 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 I'm enjoying it here. I, I'm I'm finding a different kind of peace. I love living on the land. Uh, it, it's quite different than being surrounded by concrete. Indeed, and and it has a healing effect on on your psyche. Right. But I I want people to know that from four to six, I believe, on the seventh. The, there's a reception that's open to the public. Indeed. So I'd is. love to come and meet them. Please or come. Or have them come and yeah, meet me. Yeah, come to the Old Capitol Museum, meet Ruth Miller, and then stay for the ceremony. And, and again, go to her website, www.ruthmillerembroidery.com, and check it out. Thanks again for coming, and again, congratulations. Thank you so See much. See you next Malcolm. Sunday on the Mississippi Arts Hour. We're here every Sunday at 5 o'clock. We look forward to visiting with you again.